Welcome to another edition of the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Thank you for being with us. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, good afternoon, Fred. Good afternoon. We are in the midst of summer. Boy, it sure feels like it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you're heading out of town soon. There's a conference coming up next week in, in San Francisco, the TRB Automated Road Transportation Symposium. It should be another good gathering. Yes, uh, it's annually the good gathering, the summer gathering. I think it's uh, TRB's uh, most popular summer conference, or at least it was at one point. I don't know if we've gone up and now we're back down or something like that. There, there should be um, should be some activity. It's in San Francisco, which is a good place to do it because at least you know that's where some of this is being attempted. And um, and we'll see we'll see what the what the conference brings. I uh, uh, hope to be able to meet um, and see a lot of people out there um, and uh, say hello. Uh, uh, I'm involved again with the uh, uh, with a Shark Tank, which is on Wednesday afternoon. Hope everybody shows up for the Shark Tank, and we'll try to get them uh, discuss, uh, which is what we do there. Uh, is especially in that session, we try to discuss what is going on uh, because uh, um, most of us are trying to make this happen. And as we can see right now, uh, at one point we thought <clears throat> thought it was going to be pretty darn easy. Um, and um, you know, I hope Steve Schladover isn't isn't uh, isn't correct here that. You know, this is never going to happen. Um, I guess he used to say that. Um, I agree with him with so-called level five, um, but let's uh, hope some of this can happen. And uh, but um, um, we're struggling right now a little bit. Um, we've had some success, but uh, but we're struggling. And then on um, on Tuesday evening, uh, we're going to have uh, uh, for the Transportation Research Board annual meeting in Washington on Tuesday evening. So that meeting in January, uh, I guess for more than 50 years now, I've been throwing a, a Princeton uh, alumni and uh, and friends banquet. <clears throat> Um, and we're going to, I'm, I'm just so surprised. I, I guess I woke up a couple of days ago and I said, I haven't done one of these uh, alumni and, and friends banquets at the, at the summer TRB uh, AV meeting or uh, automated uh, transportation meeting. But and I said, how could I not do that? So uh, on Tuesday evening at seven o'clock, we're going to have a uh, friends and um, an alumni of uh, Princeton Transportation Program, PAVE, uh, Princeton Autonomous uh, Vehicle Engineering um, um, Group um, dinner. And <clears throat> information is on the e-letter. Um, everyone's invited uh, as long as you RSVP and you tell me you're coming so that we know uh, how many we need to reserve for. Um, but as long as you do that, uh, then please uh, join with us again. Uh, we just get around and, and try to uh, have a very informal setting <clears throat> and uh, meet to discuss over dinner and, and a few beers and a little bit of wine. Um, what is uh, uh, what's going on in this uh, smart driving car world? Um, I'll be bringing a 
three of my summer interns with me uh, this summer and give them a, a peek at uh, at uh, a technical conference and uh, and maybe they'll make a little con some contributions. Uh, uh, Jerry Hub will be there too, at least from Princeton and, and a few others. Uh, um, from Princeton will be there and hope to see everybody. Uh, so uh, please, if, uh, if you're in town for the conference, you don't need to be registered for the conference to come to the, the dinner. Um, uh, so, but you, you do need, or I would appreciate if you could RSVP, just click, it'll create an email to me and just say you're coming uh, so that uh, we can anticipate you. Um, I think the university actually wants me to make sure I mean, there's still these COVID that never mind, we don't even want to go there, whatever. Uh, but please do that uh, just as a favor to me. And um, otherwise, uh, my, uh, my interns and I will be flying out there on Monday morning and get there by noon and uh, be there at least through Wednesday. So, <clears throat> Tuesday uh, evening, seven o'clock. Um, uh, refreshments and dinner um, and discussion. Uh, and then at uh, 1.30 on Wednesday uh, for, the, for the Shark Tank, please come to that. Um, we always have fun. Um, uh, Brad will be there and Richard, uh, Dick Mudge will be there and a bunch of others. Um, all-star cast <laughs> all-star cast yeah so come and and um, um this isn't turning out to be easy um uh, unfortunately mike senna's not going to be there i don't think he's coming from from um, from sweden um i guess a little plug for our book we we now have a at least our final draft <clears throat> to the publisher the publisher has to do some things to it, uh, but um, um, uh, yeah, sometime this fall, I guess, maybe it'll, it'll come out. Uh, um, the real case uh, for driverless uh, mobility. Uh, anyway, a lot to look forward to. A lot there. to look forward to. Well, Alan, this this uh, symposium is certainly going to be in in the right place. In the latest newsletter. You have a lot to say about a story from TechCrunch headlined, Robotaxi haters in San Francisco are disabling the AVs with traffic cones. There's a group called Safe Street Rebels. They've created a week of cone and they've been posting on social media in advance of the California Public Utilities Commission meeting July 13th next week. Uh, they're expected to approve the expansion of AV deployments by Cruz and Waymo and Wow, as as you said in response to an email, I said. Yeah, I mean, it's, how did we get to this to this point? I mean, it's just it's, it's somewhat unbelievable that, that that's where we sit today. Uh, here, uh, you know, this technology is supposed to be providing so much good uh, to at least a, a large segment of the population. Uh, and could provide enormous uh, equity and and mobility and quality of life improvements to, especially to people who need a ride. And guess what? You know, at any point in time, at least fifty percent of the of the trips are taken by people who need a ride. 
In other words, they can't, they, they don't have the for whatever reason the opportunity to, to drive themselves. So they need a ride. Not, you know, some of them have a stretch limo. Ooh, great. Uh, some of them end up not being able to go because they can't find a ride. And and this this has an opportunity to do that because 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 of the the affordability aspect of it. And where does the affordability come from? The affordability comes from uh, from from very close optimized utilization of vehicles and making sure that they they really do it and deliver the the ride efficiently and and high quality which probably involves when you can sharing rides suppose i mean lyft what last week said we're not going to share rides anymore i mean okay uh, what the heck does that then do to your affordability opportunity i mean if if you could offer ride to two people as opposed to one person now if you're down to one person you've doubled doubled the cost Because if two people are sharing it, they, they could, I mean, you know, they'd have to pass a hat or something, I mean, whatever, you know, some mechanism. But if you're, if you're providing one to each individual when you could be providing one to two, guess what? I mean, simple, simple lemonade stand business practice says, hey, I've chopped the price in half. And why haven't these companies seen this as an enormous opportunity? Really, all those folks that need a ride, need somebody, they, they need to go by themselves? I don't think you know many of them say, hey, I'm only gonna go from where I am to where I wanna go when I wanna go if you take me by myself. Or maybe that's, the, that's what the people in Silicon Valley expect because they are so entitled if that's the case that's not the opportunity for these things the opportunity for these things are that you know they could give shared rides and they could give shared rides without having to pay for a driver and if the California Utilities Commission says, oh, no, you have to have an attendant on board, th then the California Utilities Commission should pay for that attendant since they want it on board. The person, if the person's not going to be doing anything except satisfying the desires of the California who knows what, who knows what, who knows what, then those folks who say, hey, you got to have it. You pay for it. You pick up the tab. You create the endowment, the, the annuity that pays for that. Then the entity can go out and provide the mobility and affordable mobility out there to, to folks who need the affordable mo mobility. Beautiful. Apparently, that's not what's going on in San Francisco. Because, because apparently, or San Francisco doesn't have any people, any sizable number of folks who, who, who needed an affordable ride. 
a high quality affordable ride. Maybe Mooney already provides everybody in at all times in San Francisco an affordable, high quality mobility. If that's the case, then what the heck? Why are Waymo and Cruise there? Oh, yes, they've proven that the technology works on the curviest road in the world. Great. They've proven that the technology works in a crowded, hilly environment. Great. I mean, they shouldn't have even shown up if, they, if the technology didn't work. Proof of technology, great. Proof of market, when you have a safe streets group, a group that wraps its, around itself, the emblem of safe streets takes that high road and knowingly puts a cone on your hood while being filmed and recorded by not only cameras, radar, LIDAR, and who knows what other gizmos are on those vehicles who absolutely documents the, you know, misbehavior of these people, which I would imagine, you know, some judge is going to say, uh, yes, that's, you know, that's misbehavior. We in San Francisco don't really, you know, recommend that people put junk on other people's stuff. And you did it, so therefore, there's got to be some penalty for that in San Francisco, I suspect. And they've been recorded by cameras, radars, LIDARs, and who knows what else is. Well, they're, they're doing their own recording, too, and posting it online. So, oh. I mean, <laughs> oh, my goodness. A... <laughs> they're, they're, they're even getting, you know, their 15 seconds of fame. They're being influencers out there on TikTok, Schmicktalk, and Twitter, and whatever. Great. Wonderful, San Franciscans. Good job. Okay. Meanwhile, Alan, you, you I mean, highlighted you can't, the California it is, DMV report uh, on, this is related to it, uh, saying that as of June 27th, there have been 619 AV collision reports. Yeah, and and but, but that's 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 not my. They've been minor. They're not major. You know, unfortunately, Elaine Herzberg was killed. But I think that's the only one of that level. And all the claims about you know Tesla's autopilot, whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's not even the technology that 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 Uber and uh, that that Waymo and and Cruise are using that, that that's proven to work. That's not that's worked. The proof of technology. They've done the proof of technology. Somehow, you know, they haven't shown that the expectation 
the way this thing I think has been promoted up to this point was it's going to improve safety. I think the assumption uh, that should have been that you've got to be safe. And in fact, the, the value add of this, of this technology in terms of value add and safety, I'll claim without going through the arithmetic, but I'd be happy to go through some of it. I'll claim that the, the value contribution to improve safety is even if you took safety to zero is minuscule compared to the improved mobility you can afford to, to the vast number of people that need a ride and could get a high quality ride affordably themselves to improve their lives. That's the value proposition here. And you know, you look through the titles of everything that's going to be presented at, at the TRB AV conference, you know, next week. You know, it's still pushing safety. It's not pushing mobility. And it's certainly not pushing mobility to the, the folks that really need it. I think one really guy out there is going to be making that point. <laughs> well, I don't know, maybe one guy, but that everybody knows that that guy's a crazy and nobody paid whatever and so on and so forth. They have, they have him caught on camera too, and they're going to make sure that he gets stops doing that. <laughs> anyway. Well, it's also, it sounds like I a good know. book, good book too. And that, yeah, well, we'll see, we'll see, we'll, <laughs> we'll see what the book does. Maybe, maybe somebody will read it. Hopefully it'll become book on tape so people can listen to it. <laughs> Sounds good. Anyway, Alan, Elon Musk was among the speakers at the uh, World Artificial Intelligence Conference in Shanghai this week. Uh, again, yesterday said Tesla is very close to achieving full self-driving without human supervision, and he thinks they'll achieve that later this year. Mashable points out uh, Musk admitted that he's been wrong about this prediction in the past. Well, it, it, it depends what one's talking about. First of all, all this is about a gonna, you know, something in the future. And luckily, none of us are able to predict the future, because if we could predict the future, the future would be boring and we wouldn't want to live it anyway. And so therefore, that's not something we anybody wants to create. <laughs> Unfortunately, I tell my students, don't become too good in what's we, what we teach you. Because if you're really able to predict the market, there's not going to be a market. You're, you're, you're going to create a prediction of the market for which there won't exist one. Because if you can predict it, nobody will play it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Tesla stocks going to tank. If you can predict that, you know, no, great. <laughs> There's no stock to tank. Anyway, so he's predicting. The question is, what is it that anyway's talking about? I mean, they use these words like autonomous. Autonomous implies that it does it by itself. 
I mean, I, Fred, I think you're somewhat autonomous. You're not even fully autonomous because Lori tells you what the exactly. heck to do, right? <laughs> I know myself, man, I got constraints. I mean, I really do. I, I bump up against the edge of the cage all the time. But, you know, there, I'm not even autonomous. A vehicle is going to be autonomous. It's going to do it. I mean, even how in, in 2001 wasn't autonomous. What, what, what is that? Okay. So, of course, he's never going to achieve autonomous. The probability of him achieving that, as I put it in the thing, is, you know, probability is, um, you know, 10 to the minus 128 or something. <laughs> I mean, it's like, is it, it's as close to zero as you can get. Now, if instead it's going to be, and, and that's the same thing with level five. I mean, I've, how many years have we complained about level five, SAE level five? You know, it has the word everywhere in it. You put the word everywhere in anything means that you're really putting the, the achievement probability of that to be, again, 10 to the minus 128 or whatever number you want to throw out there in the exponent that is so large that it's so close to zero. But then people, oh, I didn't mean everywhere. I meant, okay, so where is that where it is? And, you know, as I put in the newsletter, I mean, if one's talking about a Trenton move style deployment and operational design domain that is relatively small, you know, 10 square miles or so for which you're only using the roads that are that you can best operate on to provide a, a demand responsive, a truly demand responsive, you know, Five minute max wait for service, direct, somewhat, somewhat shared, kiosk oriented thing. I think the probability of that, if that's what he means, and he was, if he was to start to work on doing that and focused on that, I think the probability of him achieving it, I, I put in there, I don't know, I put it at, 0 0.25, about a quarter, he could do it. I mean, apparently they have built Dojo. And if he were, if he were to, you know, take a Dojo computational engine and mess with his coefficients to just work in, you know, in a, as I said, Trenton style moves, Operational design domain, I'm sure he could get his vehicles to not crash and operate in that. And provide mobility to a lot of folks. And if he charged those folks for mobility at, you know, I don't know, 60 cents a passenger mile or something like that, which is closest, you know, pretty darn close to zero, he could add to his wealth. Is he going to do that? Probably not. He wants to do it everywhere. 
10 to the minus 128. <laughs> what can I tell you? Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll wait. I mean, we only have to wait six months and we'll know. You know, that's the beauty about being able to travel in this time domain that we're traveling in. The past actually looks pretty good, although we get it garbled sometime. I mean, we can't even do the past well. We want to do the the, the future perfectly. I mean, you, is anybody is anybody serious here? I mean, do they do they have they ever thought about what they're suggesting? <laughs> Never mind. Meanwhile, uh, the rivals continue to uh, make attempts. Volkswagen saying this week it will begin testing self-driving electric vehicles in Austin, Texas this month. Uh, there will be safety drivers on board. They'll be testing, they're saying, about 10 of the ID Buzz vehicles. Those are the new VW vans. <laughs> I, I think, I, I, yeah, I was, I mean... They're using mobilized it, systems in, in this. Yeah, and, and I, we remember that, that, that they were part. They were part of Argo AI. Yeah, yeah, they were part of. I think this is fantastic. This is the best news we've heard in a very long time. Suppose the news coming out of San Francisco. You know, you're running over hoses, and the police chief is it doesn't like you, and, and whatever, and so on. I mean, this is this is great news. Uh, again, <laughs> I hope it's not Elon type news. Because, because of course, Volkswagen is here saying we're gonna. It's not that we're doing a. Well, it is gonna. this month, so well, it's not I, like I, 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 you know, if 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 Elon says I'm gonna, everybody says, oh, 10 to the minus 128 probability. Uh, if Volkswagen says I'm gonna, everybody says, oh, they did it. I mean, come on, okay. <laughs> this is I'm gonna. Um. And it is testing, which means they're doing proof of technology, really, maybe proof of market, all right? But certainly proof of technology because they have attendants on board that prove the technology, they wouldn't need the attendants, okay? I think, unless... Right. They're saying, they're saying what, there will be attendance. Yeah, no, no, of course. There will. And, and once you not, once you do proof of technology with attendance. Right. Because you're not, you're not, you're not trying to, you're not trying to provide, you're not trying to scale the service so that in fact, it has a lot of customers that gives a lot of value for which you might be able to gain a, a substantial return. If, if you're out there looking to get a return, which is proof of market, then, you know, you have to be, this technology is gonna have to work and you're gonna have to pull the, pull the attendant. Because you can't afford the attendant. Because if we could afford the attendant, Uber would now be giving a hundred X rides per day than they're doing currently, if not a thousand X rides per day. And the reason they're not doing a thousand X or a hundred X 
or even 10x and not even doing 1% of the rise of the of of the uh, of serving the people who need a ride is because they they run into the affordability hurdle brick wall you know if you do your supply demand curve fundamental economics 0.001 At a price that you have to charge to be able to pay for a driver, there aren't so many folks out there who are going to pick that one. If you can take the driver costs out of there, if you if you just put the cost of what Uber would like to take out of this thing and forget have, making Uber have to collect the money to then pass off to the driver, Geez, do you know how far down on you know on the demand curve, or how far to the right on the demand curve you can go? And why aren't they there? Because they're up against the brick wall of the driver cost. I don't know. I think. I'm sure they know. I mean, they're in business. I'm just, you know, I li- I live in a, you know glass bubble of an academic institution that knows nothing about business. The bubble's looking like naughty pine today, but I get to. <laughs> yeah, we got a little naughty pine here. <laughs> Zooks, yeah, uh, Alan, Zooks, yeah. meanwhile, is expanding from California to Nevada, beginning in Las Vegas. And uh, they're another serious player in this. Yeah, and that, that's that's some other good news. That's some other good news, but but let's see. Let's see. These things. The, the, these are consumables. These, these things are supposed to provide a service that people are going to use to improve their lives. I mean, I guess that's what people do when they when they pay for a service or they use a service. It, doing it to improve their lives they're out there providing a mobility service so let's just watch to see to whom they provide the mobility service and for whom and who says hey yeah i want to use that i benefit from that here here's a few shekels or something or here's a chit that i got from the government to do it or here's here's a here's a barter I don't know what the transaction is. Here's something in return for you delivering to me a valuable service to improve my my life. See who shows up. Let's see who they offer it to. We know they have to be, even though they claim it's easy for them to be driverless because they have no steering wheel, no brake pedals. I'm sure they have a, a game pad of one form or another okay um, it's got to be and they better have an attendant on board because i don't know that they've ne- they've yet gone and achieved the, the hurdle of the proof of technology that the technology works and i hope there's somebody in there that that 
that can intervene in, if, if, if the wheels start coming off and keep us from having, a, certainly not an Elaine Herzberg incident, even a, you know, a small bump. Or maybe even, you know, not running over a, a hose of a fire truck. I hope there's, I know they have to have somebody in there. <laughs> they can't accept the risk. The risk is too high. Now, the issue is, is in the provision of that mobility, once they do get their technology so they don't need that individual in there anymore, now, if Jeff Bezos decides to take his wealth and convert it into an annuity that provides a revenue stream to pick up the tab on those attendants, then they'll have the opportunity to provide a highly affordable, high quality mobility on a shared ride basis throughout Las Vegas. I think if they do that, all kinds of people are going to come out of the woodwork and say, I want, to, I want my quality of life to benefit from that mobility that you're out there offering me. And here, I'm willing to pay you what it costs you to do that, plus a little bit more for a profit. As long as Jeff is out there providing the annuity for that person. It's one of these things. Is Jeff going to come through with that? Or are they going to be able to, to go and tell the Nevada state who knows what, who knows what, who knows what? And to T saying, look, we're providing all this value to these folks. If you allow us to do it without forcing us to have somebody in there that's not doing anything. Because we can't afford, these folks can't afford to pay for that. And Jeff's decided not to show up with the annuity. Let's see if that happens. That will be really interesting. <laughs> As we said before, stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. I think Zooks is starting with their own employees uh, around their facilities, but expanding from there. Yeah, they're providing rides to their own employees. That's great. I'm sure some of their employees need a ride. But the fact that he's a Zooks means they already have probably a reasonable job. And they probably can afford something more than the folks who maybe still looking for a job. Or the folks that are, you know, not of age, not of driving age yet. The Zooks have any employees that are not of driving age? Unlikely. <laughs> uh, that's called job labor. They need a ride. Guess what? None of them, unless they're walking it, and we're we're assuming that you know. Everybody who can walk it, walks it. Well, one, one of the differences in these Zooks vehicles here, the, these do not have a steering wheel or, or pedals, the ones that they have out there. So they, they are u unique from that 
perspective. Yeah, but the, that uniqueness is is totally immaterial. I mean, you know, the, the technology here, one doesn't, one really doesn't care how one can, can provide high quality, demand responsive, service origin, destination, shared ride, whatever, mobility, affordably. That's, that's what the service, that, that's the product that's being sold. That's the thing. Whether or not it has LIDARs, SMIDARs, cameras, computers, steering wheels, you know, um, mirrors, who cares? As long as it can do it affordably and safely. All the other things are sort of technical details. No, nobody's going to take this because it has LIDAR on it. I mean, you know, that motivates like, you know, three people for four rides or something. Nobody's going to take it because it's slightly safer than a bus or even a lot safer. Buses are really safe. Problem with buses is it'll go from where you want to come from to where you want to go when you want to go. If they did, everybody would be taking them. Nobody, essentially nobody really passes up a bus ride that is as good as the, as the ride that somebody can, can, can give themselves in their own car. I, I, you know, no, if, if, if you have to use your own car and, and you have to pay a, a heavy parking price and the bus is going to do exactly that and be there to bring you back home and give you all the flexibility and opportunity in the future in case something happens, you can do it and all that stuff that you can get out of having your car. People would be taking the bus. Because what people want is mobility. Yeah, you know, when you first get your Lambo, you love to drive it. Maybe, you know, everybody who has Lambos drives them all. Although you look at the mileage on Lambos, it's, you know, has any of them ever hit 100,000 miles? I don't know. Whenever you look at, you know, used Ferraris, they tell you it has 12,228 miles. I bought a I bought a 500SL, you know, three years old with 1,936 miles on it after three years. <laughs> you know, people buy these things, don't drive them. They put them up on the on a mantle and tell their friends about it. Anyway, I, these folks have forgotten. They've got so enamored with the technology. They think people are buying this for the technology reasons, and they're not. I don't think so, but that's my view. Well said, Alan. And you were kind enough to include in the newsletter a, a link to a recent uh, Text the Nation radio report that I did. Absolutely. It 
It's headlined, Should Your Car Prevent Accidents, period. It goes something like this. Would you want to own a car that would simply stop most accidents from happening? What about having that kind of car for your children? And I kind of quote some of the things we've talked about in saying many vehicles today are equipped with uh, enough technology or could be equipped with enough technology to simply not permit excessive speeding, tailgating, other forms of reckless driving and could prevent the vast majority of collisions along with the associated deaths, injuries, and costs. The question to ponder is, is that something we want as a society? The technology is ready and waiting. The many who have suffered injuries or lost loved ones would likely say yes. What about you? What about regulators and car makers? And it's something we've talked about. We've, ta we've talked about this from the beginning. Right. You know, when we first categorized and use our level zero, one, two, 18, 22, who knows what levels, we had three things. We had safe, self, and driverless. And if you look at, you know, what we said about a safe driving car is exactly what you describe here. It lets you do most of the things that you want to do except misbehave. And if you start misbehaving, it says, hey, Alan, cool it. And you've pointed out if yeah. safety regulators uh, and the industry were really serious about this, this could they be could done do very quickly. They could do it. And I don't know if if uh, the problem is car car manufacturers and 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 and, and dealerships are kind of stuck because they're selling you a dream of misbehaving going fast being able to accelerate from zero to 60 in 2.1 seconds showing you on your speedometer speeds of 228 miles 220 miles per hour where am i going to do that in jersey I mean, they're going to throw me in jail and, and throw away the key if I do that. Okay. But, you know, they're just kidding. They're selling you a dream. And they're saying, that, hey, if you do it and, and you do it, it's you doing it. Don't come back to me. Don't blame me. I didn't tell you to do that. Even though, I mean, the, it's sitting out there. This is, you know, this camel selling cigarettes to children. And finally, we start, you know, this is a Marlboro man. Finally, we decided, hey, you know, really, the society, we really can't have a Marlboro man out there. Great. We put these warnings all over them. We should put the warnings all over cars. You know, and Elon, he stands behind. I, I told everybody, keep their hands on there. And in fact, if you take your hands off, we go, we give you warning. What are we supposed to do? Really, you know, pull over, make you sit on, the, on, on, on a chair, put on your dunce cap and not use it until you have a note from your mother? You know, they that's how they've sold this stuff to us. But in fact, you know, I hope that 
that now they we, we talked a long time about you know the real opportunity and what insurance companies should also do is they should take they should hold every mother's hand as she goes in to buy a car into the dealership for their you know 16 to 25 year old and say to that mother, look, you got to buy this one over here that has all the stuff on there that's going to keep your child from misbehaving. Buy that one. And then I won't have to charge you insurance rates that are you know, out of whatever. Because the technology will make sure that that doesn't happen. The only reason your insurance rates go through the sky is because you go out and buy something that, you know, Wants to have the kid go down who knows what, um, yeah. out who knows where, right? doing who knows what. Yeah, I, I posted another uh, interview uh, within the last couple of weeks with a woman named Julie Garner. She started a, something called uh, Project Yellow Light, and she's got backing now from uh, NHTSA and the Ad Council. She lost her 16-year-old son some years ago to a... Uh, to a crash that could have been avoided. And she's found founded this organization now that has uh, gives scholarships to young people to create public surface messages to prevent distracted driving. And they do an annual scholarship now. She's trying to have an impact here, but, you know, just talking to her and what she went through and oh, the, te I mean, the technology could certainly help more than it is look you can put it in there you can make it you can put a breathalyzer in there that doesn't let the engine start okay they're putting cameras they have cameras in there that they that if you're down there if you're texting the car pulls over and stops okay and they can make it so you can't cut it you know tesla has you know knows what's going on all the time in their vehicles you start doing something they know they could do it there's just yeah you know we can do the the public messages and so on and so forth these things have been done for how long i, I guess we did accomplish at least people somewhat using seatbelts which of course that's another one of my forecasts that was wrong i claim they would never be able to accomplish i'm never wearing a seatbelt. what the hell they told me wearing a seatbelt. now nah, man i'm in there i'm putting a seat belt on every i'm in the back seat i'm in the third row i'm putting seat belts on you know i'm in a car without a seatbelt. whoa no seat belt i'm getting out <laughs> so i applaud you for at least you know you're, you're able to do it with seat belts you should be able to do it with the rest you know, why are we allowing people to go so fast on roadways? The car knows where it is. It knows what the speed limit is. It doesn't have to, it, it can, I mean, talk about a simple automated system to put in there. You could be just, you know, you could put a lead weight on that gas pedal and it's just not going to go. Anyway. Well, Peggy is here, so it's time to wrap things up. I guess I have to feed Peggy. <laughs> you can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, also on Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Amazon, Spreaker, wherever you turn to for podcasts. 
You can find my tech reports that we've talked about at textonation.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening or watching. Please continue to stay safe. And I hope to see you uh, in San Francisco Tuesday evening or Wednesday afternoon and or both. Come to both. uh, And other times I'll be hanging around. I'll certainly be in the plenary sessions. Uh, So um, hope to see you in San Francisco at the TRBAB conference.